Walks Among Us podcast. Join Michael and Eric as they discuss scary movies. What's your favorite scary movie? Welcome everyone to a, another exciting episode of the Devil Walks Amongst Us podcast. And today we have a very, very special guest with us. It's a heart icon on the, in the building, ladies and gentlemen. None other than Michael Bailey Smith. Eric, go ahead and give him a round of applause. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate it, guys. First, first of all, the devil what walks among amongst us. That's that's like a movie. I'm gonna steal that title. That's pretty cool. So good stuff. Uh, the name actually, um, I don't know if you ever seen it. it actually, came from uh, Rob Zombie's Halloween Part Two. Okay. Um, right. it was it was the name of Loomis's book that he wrote. Ah, uh, okay, good, good, good. That's very cool. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Um, it's just pretty cool. I'm excited to be talking to you guys. Well, I'm glad that you're on. I definitely. Thank you. Thank you. That. Yeah. <clears throat> I guess uh, what we could do is start off with um, tell us about yourself, Mike. Mr. Ba- uh, Mr. You want the sh- abridged version or you want the longer version? <laughs> uh, whichever, whichever. I yeah. Mean, most people, um, uh, most yeah, people so, know you as, um, you know, Super Freddy. Or yeah, Freddy. that was my, that was my first role ever. Um, and it kind of happened by, almost by accident. Uh, see, I, my dad was in the Air Force. And so, um, you know, we traveled around the world all over. I ended up going to high school in the Middle East in Iran. So the country that we now want to blow up and they want to blow us up. So that one. Uh, and so after the military, I mean, after the, uh, I was in high school there, I joined the military because I wanted to play college football was my goal. So I went in the 82nd airborne as a paratrooper, did that for three years and got out. And I walked on at, uh, I had an option to go to Notre Dame or to Eastern Michigan. Uh, and, uh, I chose Eastern cause I knew that I could play a lot faster than at Notre Dame, of course. And I, you know, at the time, it's what, 1980. I didn't know the difference. I know I'm an old dude. Uh, this is why I have bald, ha- no hair, because it hides all the gray for sure, uh, compared <laughs> to you young guys. But um, I'm getting there. Yeah, right. So but my thing is, is that, uh, yeah, I went to Eastern, I walked on, you know, and then I ended up going to the Dallas Cowboys. I was there in camp with them for a little bit, and then I blew my knee out and finished my degree. Then I chased some girl out to California, San Diego. And I befriended this guy named Steve Hennenberry, who became an American gladiator. He was doing, uh, playing Conan up in the Universal Studios. If you've been up to, to Hollywood, the Universal Studios, you have these, uh, these uh, what do you call it, live events. And he was Conan. Uh, and so I said, hey, I'm going up to Los Angeles to read for this movie called Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, part five, to play a bigger version of Freddy Krueger. Do you want to come? We can go to Gold's Gym and train. He says, maybe you get the audition. And I went in there and uh, I was waiting for him. They asked me to come in and read. I did. And I ended up getting the role. So pretty crazy how that happened. I wasn't really planning on it. And next thing you know, I think a week or two later, I'm in the trailer with Robert England and uh, discussing Freddy Krueger. You know, this is a dude that, uh, you know, as we all know, you know, he was scarier than anything. The first one, I remember that I saw that when I was in the military. Uh, I think around mid eighties or something like that, that when it came out. And so it was just incredible to have that experience. And I got to, I got fitted for the, uh, the glove, the hat, the, the, uh, 
the prosthetics and add uh, some extra pieces because I have a big head, you know, compared to him. And uh, next thing you know, I was playing uh, Super Freddy. So I got to say a few lines, got my SAG card, and that's kind of how it all started. So, you know, that's when I when I won the award for uh, the Fuse Fangoria Chainsaw Awards, which is right up there on my shoulder on my bookshelf. Um, I gave, uh, you know, I met Robert England and, you know, I, I it, it was it was cut out uh, on the live telecast. But uh, I told him, you know, I, I said, you know, if it was for Robert England and how gracious he was to me and how great he was, this period, cool dude, uh, that I probably would have had a different idea of what Hollywood is all about. You know, he wasn't, you know, a jerk or whatever. I'd have like, you know, yeah, I don't want to do this, but he was great. I'm like, this is what I want to do. So I just started my studying my butt off. And next thing you know, you know, I've done, you know, 60 films and a hundred episodes of television and tons of commercials and video games and just all the craziness. And hey, and I get to talk to you guys. So, you know, pretty darn cool. Yeah. Yeah. Robert England is pretty cool. I mean, he's like one of the he's one of the first celebrities I met and I kind of got starstruck around him. Yeah, but, and I, I actually I saw him again. I didn't get to talk to him, obviously, at Spooky Empire a few weeks ago. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, you would have thought like Tom Cruise or somebody was there. Yeah, yeah. He's 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 a he's a great guy. He really is. He's done a lot of great work besides you know stuff with uh, Iron Elm Street. So, and my wife's a huge fan of 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 um, what's Craven. And on end of Nightmare on Elm Street and things like that. So when I ended up doing The Hills Have Eyes, uh, they had an after, you know, they had a, they had a, the premiere at the, uh, the Cinerama Dome in Hollywood. And uh, and so when we were there uh, after the premiere, they had an after party and Wes Craven was there. And, you know, he came up to me and, you know, said, hey, Michael, you know, great job. And I said, oh, thanks. Hey, I want I want you to meet my, uh, my wife. And she, she was like melted, you know, just couldn't believe how great guy was and then I, I said hey Wes you probably don't know this but when is it 2006 so 16 years ago or whatever I did a I did a film for you and he goes what I said yeah and I ran on street five and he goes oh my gosh and he didn't you put put two and two together it was pretty cool so <laughs> it was a uh, it was it was great to meet him good guy too, too bad he passed away but what a great guy yeah I was I was involved with another podcast at the time and right before we started it um, one of my friends who knew that, like Nightmare on Elm Street, is, or New Nightmare particularly, is the one that got me into the horror movies. Mm-hmm. And just I was a huge Freddy fanatic. Like I'm surprised I'm not spazzing out right now because you were in a Freddy movie. <laughs> <laughs> but because um, I met um, I met some of the the girls, or they're not girls anymore. Yeah, uh, from uh, Nightmare Four at Spooky Empire, and I like Lisa Wilcox. I was kind of like. I had a crush on you when I was a kid, but um, she told me right before we started the podcast, she's like, don't look on the internet, don't touch your phone, let's do this episode, mm. and then I was like, and of course, I'm like, oh, you told me not to, so I'm going to look, and then I was instantly in a funk of that whole, that whole episode. Yeah, yeah, it's, it was a, it was a great experience, and you know, it, again, you know, I, I thank Robert England for being so cool and gracious because it started a, a really cool career for me. And, you know, after, after the Cowboys, you know, and finished my degree, I didn't know what to do. I was lost, man. I, it took me after I blew my knee out, I was lost for about a year. So my kids teased me. Yeah. Yeah. It took you like seven and a half years to graduate, you know, like, 
from college. Well, first of all, I graduated. That's a good thing. But thank goodness the diploma never doesn't tell you how or say how long it took you. You just, you know, so that's a good thing. But I mean, I, I was lost um, for about a year or so. And so when I found my, got my way to California and that girl I went with and went out there with, uh, she dumped me in about a month. Uh, and so I you know, ended up hanging out at Gold's Gym. I was into bodybuilding at the time and met Steve Penenberry, great dude. And, you know, he and I kind of befriended each other and started this journey. And he went off, did American Gladiators, and I went off doing some movies. So it was pretty cool. And, you know, and I treated, I treated the, I treated the same way as I did as a, as a football player. Cause you know, to get at a high level, you really got to train your butt off, right. To be good at it. You know, and I'm this, I'm this dumb kid from Michigan, right. Or traveled around and whatever. And, uh, and it was, um, so I treat, I treated the same, the same way as, as football. And I trained my butt off. I took classes like four or five times a week. Uh, I spent all my money that I made. I worked at a, instead of working at a, you know, as a waiter, I worked at a test laboratory, uh, testing and writing a source code for uh, test scripts for um, consumer products. Did that, and uh, my degree was in computer science, and so uh, that's what kind of led me in that. And I just studied my butt off and just got better and better. Took everything from like scene study to to improv to cold reading to everything you can think of, audition techniques, everything possible. So then I got better at it. I sucked at the beginning. I remember one time I was reading for this one. <laughs> I forgot the team name of the TV show and I got done and the cast director goes, Hey, uh, you got a day job. And I said, uh, yeah, yeah. I said, I, I work at a, um, you know, this test laboratory. She goes, that's good. You probably should keep that job. And I'm like, Oh, thanks. And I walked out. I'm like, wait a minute. Wow. He's freaking insulted me. And that pissed wow. me off. You know, it's like the same thing when I play football, I get some big dude line up across me. He says, it says he's going to kick my ass. I'm like, yeah, we'll see about that. You know, and then I freaking waste a dude. And the same thing. I said, I was pissed. And then I just drove, it just drove me even more. And then, you know, there you go. Looking at your uh, IMDb, you've been in some, a lot of things I watched when I was growing up. There's one that I know it may be a sore subject. I know it's a sore subject for some of the actors, but what about the Fantastic Four? Oh, the original? No, it's not sore. I mean, listen, let's, let's be honest. Was it a great film? Was it, was it, no, it, it was the same year that Jurassic Park came out? So yeah. compare Jurassic Park to the Fantastic Four as towards, um, you know, visual effects, you know, all those things like that. Production quality. Yeah, they gave us less than a million dollars to do, you know, a Marvel comic, you know, uh, 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 visual effects intensive film. Right. And, yeah. and you know, uh, you know, I, I got to give all the kudos to the director, Oli Sasson. Um, who went above and beyond anything to finish that thing, I'm a, a clandestine type of an operation to get the darn thing done. Uh, but we, every, every in the cast loves it. I mean, if it wasn't shelved, it, it wouldn't have become a cult classic. It wouldn't, we still wouldn't be talking about it. It would have, it'd have been like, uh, what are those other films that came out like uh, uh, Punisher or uh, Captain America that came out and left within a week, yeah. right? No one talks about it, but they still yeah. talk about the Fantastic Four. Yeah, but I will say this, and I'm not just because I'm talking to you. It is my favorite Fantastic Four. Well, I thank you for that. Not and visually, but story-wise. Yeah. Oh, so I agree. I agree. A lot of people say the same so, thing. Yes, sir. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, it's just, uh, it, yeah, I agree. The um, 
the uh, the story is truer to the the comic books than it was from uh, than the others. And it's it, the way uh, Oli shot it too. He did like a lot of tilt camera and things like that. It's like you would see in a comic book. So he was he's he's been great. He's he's been uh, everybody in the whole cast is is was phenomenal. Still to this day, we still talk to this day. It's kind of cool. Good stuff. Like on that movie though, like looking back at on it, like the visual effects to me, honestly, it looks like Bill and Ted, you know, the second movie, it kind of has that, like, you know, the <laughs> yeah. thing kind of reminded me a little bit of station a little bit. And like, to me, yeah. I love it. Cause it gives it, it, you can look back at that movie and say, I know what era that came from. And no matter what, it'll always hold, yeah. you know, that like dearness in our heart. Um, yeah. But when you when we get down to, um, you know, we were talking about Wes Craven now, not one, not two, but three movies you've been in with Wes Craven like that is awesome in itself. Yeah. Now, um, out of all three, you know, being uh, Freddie, Pluto and Hades, which one had the longest makeup process? Oh, uh, probably Pluto. Pluto did. Uh, Freddie, Freddie was pieces. And back in the day, uh, you know, the prosthetics have changed. You know, I've done a lot. I've done Star Trek. I've done tons. I did Charm for two years. Mm. I did uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I did a thing called, which you should find, if you haven't seen it, find it. It's called Monster Man. I play a character named Fuckface. You gotta, if you haven't seen it, you gotta find it, man. I drive a monster truck and run people over. It's awesome. Uh, I'm big into roadkill. And so, um, yeah, but Pluto, this, uh, the makeup effects people were KMB. They did the second one too, but KMB is, is phenomenal. And they made the prosthetics in a way that were very malleable. You'll see there's a lot of uh, facial expressions that I show in, in the, in that, in the Pluto character. Um, and it's, uh, it's pretty cool. I mean, I can, you can really, uh, I hate to say this, but you can really act in it. You know, it really shows your emotion, you know, instead of just a mask, you know, something like that. So. Yeah, that, I think that was the, and the longest. I mean, we we got there. I was the first one on the set and the last one to leave. It took probably four, four and a half hours sometimes. Took a long time. Charm, Charmed also took a long time, too, because sometimes they had to do do me from the waist up, you know, and the the paint, the the, the spray paint and whatever they did on me was pretty uh, intricate. It's funny on, on Charmed, when we first started this, they didn't realize how the, the the paint would go everywhere and like inside this trailer, turn the whole trailer red. So when I came back, like on the second day, they basically took cardboard and pasted it to the walls and everything. <laughs> there was, there was one night uh, we shot really late and they said, Hey, Michael, um, it's going to take too long for to take this off and take and too long to put it back on tomorrow morning. Would you mind going home with it on? I'm like, really? You want me to go home with this on? And so I drove from, was that uh, Balthazar or the other character? Balthazar, yeah, oh, as Balthazar. <laughs> so I drove home, and it was right around Halloween. And I remember I pulled up the intersection, and these dudes go pulled up next to me, and they're like, "Hey, dude, dude, that's some serious stuff, man." He goes, they were, they were just freaking going off on me. It was pretty cool. That's you know, like freaking. This is serious, man. I mean, I looked at him. You know, I was like, it's pretty crazy. So it was funny. And then I went home, and my wife's going, uh Hollywood, I just can't believe this. You know, my 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 older son at the time was a you know when they're like five or whatever, four. They're mama's boys, right? And so he was kind of, and I traveled all the time, so it was tough for me to be home all the time. And so when I came home, I was like the biggest toy to him. 
it was awesome. So <laughs> it was good. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. That's great. And um, you, earlier when you were uh, talking about that one movie where you were a truck driver, and you know what? I could see it. I don't know if you ever seen the movie Joyride, but if they ever remade it, you would play a awesome Rusty Nail. Like you would play an awesome <laughs> character. Like just yeah, thank you, thank you. I appreciate it. You know, it's funny. I get I get scared of I I have my wife to this day watches horror films all the time, and I'm like, nah, I'm not gonna do that. I have a tough time watching them. I jump too much. I get too scared. Uh, even when I did the, went to the premiere of The Hills of Eyes, my Ooh. wife's sitting next to me and I jump and she's going, you're in the damn movie. I go, yeah, but not in every part. <laughs> so the one part in uh, Hills Have Eyes, it's um, when you're fighting the dude, like it's right before your death scene, you know, when you come. Yeah, in, yeah, yeah. Like, you come crashing through the window. Yeah. I don't get scared by, by movies usually. I guess I'm desensitized, but that part made me jump. That's, it's, yeah it's a great scene awesome yeah, that's that was all me that there's no stunt double in that at, at all and i i had one in hollywood um his name is tim sitars uh he's we call him bubba big dude play football like i did as well and uh but they didn't they didn't want to bring him over to, to we shot it in morocco and so he don't they want didn't want to bring him over so i did all the stunts and I, i'm i i'm glad i i like doing the stunts you know but i also like getting in fight guys and employed too right so if I can have a stunt guy do some of the crazy stuff, I'm good with that, you know, but uh, like the high falls or, you know, burns and, and stuff like that. I'm like, yeah, I'm not doing that. So, um, but uh, yeah, it, that fight scene was really cool. I mean, that, that took about two weeks to shoot. It took, took quite some time. So, but it was good going through that door. It was like playing football and running to a wall. I mean, I had to take an ax and cut it across this way. And that's a real ax. That's a real door. I mean, the, the glass was breakaway glass, but still going through that. I mean, I, and you can see if you re, replay that back, I trip a little bit on it, but I catch myself. And, uh, and it's funny, the part where I come around the corner and the dog attacks me, mm-hmm. that, that took a while. Actually, that, that's not the first on the first day that we did that. Um, we had to come back like a week later because the dog got stage fright and wouldn't bite me. During rehearsals, the dog was biting the crap out of me. They actually was funny. They had three dogs. They had an older dog. They had a, just a young male dog. And then they had a female dog. The older male jaw wasn't strong enough to hold on to my arm. because so I had to pick it up, the dog. And they weighed like 80 pounds. I had to pick the thing up with one arm and then swing it around. And then uh, the, ma- the, the other dog, the young male dog was too crazy. But the female dog, that's the one we used. That dog went right for my balls every time. <laughs> my ball. I mean, I'm telling you, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that did but on the day the, the dog got stage fright so i so they were gonna actually drop that scene and i begged uh, alex aja uh, the director i said please let, you know let, let um you know please let's come back and do this scene and so that's what we did so yeah it's pretty cool so i did it that's good i'm glad i did it too yeah i really i really liked you as pluto but i really like Hills Have Eyes remake because about that time was when I started to see like some of these remakes that we're getting at the time yeah weren't like when Texas Chainsaw Massacre came out I was a lot younger but I loved it and then Donna did then we started getting like the fog the fog wasn't good I was never an Amityville person yeah but I didn't really like it at the time and since we started getting like some I was starting to think Oh, they were starting to decline, and then that just comes out, and I'm like, 
and I actually, and nothing against Wes Craven or anybody that was involved with the original. I actually, that's one of the few remakes I like more than the original. Mm, yeah, it, I thought it was. I thought it was a good remake too. There's that uh, Descent movie that was pretty. That was came out at the same time. Mm-hmm. That, that was pretty good. I like that movie. Uh, that was pretty scary. Uh, I I've done speed lucking before, um, and so <laughs> they remind me a lot of that. So a little bit to this day. I mean, I'll be like if I'm alone by myself, like in a warehouse or or doing something. It's totally dark. I, I get a little spooky. I get a little spooked. I do. I'm a big baby. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I know you say um, you said uh, you're not too big on, you know, watching scary movies because you get spooked easily and stuff. Yeah. But do you have like a, a particular horror movie that you do like to watch? Mm. Well, my first one that I ever watched ever when I was a kid and I snuck into the theater was this is crazy. I still remember the title, Count Yorga Vampire. So <laughs> it's a long time ago. So this is back in the 70s, you know, Count Yorga. Um, I like a little bit of action horror. Um, I know you don't really consider this to be a horror to a certain extent, but like Aliens, I love those, you know, because I, I love the, those kind of movies. They scare the crap out of me. I, I love it. Just It's filled with action. Um, and I'm also, I do quite a bit of writing. You know, I have a, just got a screenplay option, which is going to go into production next year, which I'm really excited about. And I, I love writing action and, and things like that. So, um, but, um, I, I, you know, uh, gosh, I don't know. I, I'm thinking probably, uh, I love, I guess the Nightmare Street uh, movies are the best for me because uh, I, it's what I, I like the first one that really got me into uh, watching those kind of movies to a certain extent. Um, and then I got to meet, you know, Robert England. I think that's probably my favorite because of that. Going from watching him on the film, on the screen to actually sitting in a trailer and, and discussing this iconic character. So that's probably my favorite. <laughs> Now, um, when like um, when you go to conventions and stuff, is it cool to see like somebody bringing up an action figure of like Super Freddy and be like, "Here, can you sign this for me?" Like, how does that feel? It, it's it's great. I feel very honored. You know that, and, and when someone has a tattoo of one of my characters on their body, so that part trips me out a little bit. The first time I saw that, I was like, I was like, I was kind of like, I didn't know what to do. Uh, I felt a little weird, but then kind of honored and. Wow, that's so cool, man! I, I guess I did such a good job. You, it was worth you putting ink in your body. That's that's pretty cool. So, um, this guy had a big uh, Pluto on his side of his rib cage. Then I have then I have two others. One was on Charmed one, and then I have a Super Freddy uh, one as well. So I have three. Then I have like I think four action figures or three action figures, something like that. So it, it's good. I again, I I'm so blessed, man. It, this was this whole thing. You know, I, I was never a good public speaker. i never, I was never good at that at the beginning when I first started, even college, I was a team captain. I hated getting up, you know, for football team in college. I hated getting up and talking to people or talking to the press. And now I'm like, I love it. So I, I've been really blessed by all that. So grateful. Good stuff. I'm talking to you guys, dude. This is freaking awesome. 
Oh, man, it's even more awesome talking to you. Like, it just like having that experience and like being able to hear about your personal experiences and what you got to do through the years. Um, now, you've been on so many things and you've done so many things. Like you said, voiceovers, you've been characters and movies, television. Is there one that like you'll just be like forever be like, yeah, hell yeah, I did that shit when I was younger. Like that was me. I did that. Like, is there something that you can always just forever that'll just forever be on your mind? You know, I, there's some TV shows that I've, that I've done that I'm like, I can't believe it. I was like, I was, uh, you probably don't remember this. Maybe do in the nineties, the there was, uh, when I started, uh, uh, Murphy Brown TV show, a sitcom called Murphy Brown had yeah, Candace Bergen in it. Yeah. So she, every, every week she had a different secretary. So I was secretary number 73. I know there was 72 others before me, but that was so, you should, you should look it up. It's pretty on YouTube. It's pretty funny. That was my first sitcom. I was scared shitless. I was, but I had such a freaking fun time and I did, did such a good do- job that they gave an extra scene and, and sitcoms are so scripted. You have to stay. It's time by the second because it's so tight because of commercials and everything else. It was a 30, 30 minute show. And they, and actually one of the uh, actors got sick and couldn't show up. So they wrote me an extra scene, which was, it was just so, I was so honored by that. And to get to work with those types of people. Um, that's the thing too, is that I really realized when I did, I was, I didn't done a lot of sitcoms. Uh, I was always, always the big guy, you know, the big dummy or whatever, you know, and uh, the big tough guy that gets beat up by some little small person or something. But it was, I always, I realized that being a sitcom actor is hard. It's super hard. You you don't think it is, but it is because they give you changes to the dialogue at the last second and then you have to go live and it's crazy. It's just crazy. It's good stuff though. Um, It's good. That I think that um, really, you know, doing a sitcom really that stands out to me. That's that sitcom. Another one on the episodic side that stood out to me. Um, I did Nash Bridges, so a TV show Nash Bridges had Don Johnson in it and uh, the, uh, Cheech Marin. Yeah, Cheech Marin. I did I had a great scene with Cheech. Uh, um, I did an episode with him, and I did such a good job on that that they invited me back for a second episode, and I did. I did a couple episodes for that. So that was good. Um, and I think that's on the episodic side. Uh, commercial wise, I think that's really stood out. I did a Bud Light commercial with uh, Tug McGraw and Tim McGraw. So, you know, one of those Bud Light commercials were, you know, back in the, I think it was in the 2000s, Tim McGraw never got recognized. There was always somebody else who was more famous. They always played on that. Yeah. And so that was, that, they were such great guys, both those guys. And then I think movie wise, uh, a movie that really stood out for me. Um, I, I, I mean, we, we were talked about it already, but I think the Hills of Eyes that I, I really, I really, I, I thought I did a good job. I didn't have, I didn't have a lot of dialogue in that. I really didn't care. It wasn't about that. It's about, I mean, it's, it's about the work. And you, and I realized that to be a good actor, you don't even have to have dialogue. It's just, you know, it's, you have to be there in the scene, you know, and become that character. And it was fun. There's a lot of scenes that were cut out of that, that movie that you didn't see. There's a whole thing, me stealing when we stole the baby out of the trailer, ran down the hill. There's a whole scene there that cut out of me handing the, the, uh, the baby over um, to, I forgot, uh, Papa, Papa Hades, is it? Um, to him. Jupiter. Uh, Jupiter. It was a Jupiter. Yeah, yeah. So I was, yeah, second one I was Papa Hades. So, yeah. 
<laughs> uh, that's that's a great scene, and um, that that's one of the scenes where movies where I would say, yeah, hell yeah, I was in that, you know. And it's it's funny because I still get people, you know, friends of mine going, dude, you're on TV, you know. So hey, I think your your Zoom's gonna run out or something. I I just fixed it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> they were saying that I was like, oh. <laughs> but anyway, so that's but, uh, uh, yeah, quite sir. No, I was going to say, it's really cool because, um, you know, seeing you on the Hills Have Eyes, all I can remember is me and my uh, buddy and our girlfriends went to go see the Hills Have Eyes in theaters. And like, and I knew, and you actually helped me out to know that girl was no good for me because she was crying during the movie. And I was just, I looked over and I was just like, yep, nah, I guess we're not going to, we're not going to last a little because And that, but the movie was awesome, you know, for a remake. And I, at the time, I didn't know I was a younger cat. I didn't know the movie was a remake at the time. Uh-huh. But the movie is still to this day holds as one of my favorite scary movies altogether. Just that era, just the way it was filmed, the photo, uh, you know, the cinematography of the movie, just everything about it. Your character in particular is just absolutely horrifying like if this guy came to me i would just literally just say i'm just gonna kill myself i just don't want that thing coming after me yeah but um but yeah you like i said when we first came on man you will forever be a horror icon like your characters between freddy pluto and everything i mean you've even played like you know the scarier horror horror type tv shows and stuff like that so it's just and it's really an honor to be able to have you come on the show and talk about this um like again thank you so much um but i do want to ask you another question going back to the hills have eyes um out of the first and second one which one did you like like to film more both were good. Uh, so it's interesting. After I did the the first one, uh, Marianne Magdalena, who's one of the producers, uh, I we, I was I was with my family. We went up from Los Angeles up to uh, San Francisco. I forgot the reason why. We were driving back down. And I got this call, and she goes, "Hey, hey, Michael." I said, "How you doing, Marianne?" She goes, "Good." She goes, "Listen, we want to stick you in the second one. Uh, what what character you want to play?" And I says, "Well." There's a character, I forgot the name of the character. Um, it's the big kind of like dopey dude, uh, the guy uh, who, and, and so, um, and I want to play that. She goes, well, we, we have, we want you to play the lead, the lead guy, Papa Hades. And so I said, okay, that's fine. And so, uh, yeah, it, it, that was, you know, that was really great. That character was good, but Pluto was, it, it was a lot like, it's a lot like me to a certain extent. I'm a big, big goofball, you know, uh, and, but then you piss me off and I will freaking rip your head off and go through the wall to, I, if I can't get you now, I will get you later. I'll figure out a way. Don't, do not worry. It's like when I used to play football in college, if someone cheap shot at me, I would wait that whole game until I got a shot at that guy and I'd take his ass out. So back in the day, you could do that. You can't do that anymore. But that's what we do. And sometimes I'd I'd wait till after the game and try to get the dude. I didn't didn't care, you know. And so, but Pluto's a lot like that. He's a guy who's so innocent. And you know, if he was raised in a normal family, he'd probably be a normal dude, right? But he was raised in a family that likes to eat people. And so, and, and that's <laughs> uh, and you know, so it's different, right? You're I guess you're a victim of your <laughs> of your uh, environment to a certain extent, but. Um, 
uh, yeah, I, I love that character. I, I did. I loved uh, everything about it. It was good. It was cool. I have to tell you on the second one, this is a funny story. So Marianne, uh, when I got to the set on the second one, it was a year later and it was closer. Like it was in the fall, fall time. So it was a little chilly. The first one we filmed in July, you know, in the summertime, it was freaking hotter than anything. It was like 120 degrees out every day. And I'm in prosthetics. It was crazy. The second one we filmed it, like it was, I think it was in the, the fall or maybe like January or something like that. And I got on the first day, Marianne comes and goes, Hey, Michael, she goes, listen, the, all the actors that are playing the soldiers in the second one, she said, uh, they're not, they're not, I don't feel like they're being scared enough. So I need you to be like really mean to them. I know you're a nice guy or anything, but I want you to not talk to them. I want you to just like, be mean to them, you know, be mean to them. I'm like, Marianne, why? Okay, I'll do that. So I remember sitting in the, the, the van with the, my first day. So I sat in the van and here comes, here piles in the actors and there's one gal, I forgot her name. Uh, it's been a while since I've seen it. She sits, she sits right in front of me. I'm in the back seat of the van. And she's in a, you know, these vans are like these uh, vans that have like four seats in them mm-hmm. and uh, four bench seats. And I'm sitting in the back and I'm like, my neck's all bowed out like this. I'm ready to like kill somebody. And and she turned around and goes, hi, I'm, I'm Danielle. And I went, I just looked at her and gave her like, this is her badass look. And she was like, she got all scared. She got all teary eyed and things like that. And I felt so bad. I wanted to, wanted to apologize. And then when I finished on my last day, I went up to her. I said, Hey, I'm going to let you know that I was told to be mean to you. You know, I mean, it mean to everybody. And so uh, she goes, no, I kind of figured that, but she was, she was a trooper, man. There, the, I don't know if you saw the second one where I pick her up and I slam her on the, the tape, the table in my little, little den. And then I, you know, I rape her or whatever. Yeah. That's a, whenever you do something like that, I've done it a couple of times in films. That's always tough. That's very, but I remember the, the, I don't know if you saw it in the film, but it was like stuff coming out of my mouth, like snot and bubble, you know, snot and whatever. Yeah. So that was my idea. Cause when I was thinking this guy's scary, but let's do something disgusting with them. And maybe cause there's so much in, being inbred that, you know, there's like genetically there's something wrong with them. We, you know, chronically sick or whatever. So they gave me some like that alien goo, put it in my mouth and they, they, uh, they, they dyed it like that green snot green. And so when I was on top of her doing the thing, you know, on this table, a big clump of it was dripping out of my mouth and right in her mouth, right in her mouth. And she goes like this. She goes, <laughs> let's keep going. <laughs> so I was like, wow, that chick's a trooper. She, she's oh. awesome, though. I think her name is Danielle Alonzo or something like that. So great, great actress. But yeah, I think I know what stuff. you're talking about. Yeah, she's a great, great, uh, great lady. Good stuff. Yeah, and then um, there's some funny stories uh, on that show. On the first one, I went, uh, I had to, they, had, they moved me from uh, the trailer out to the location. If you saw the opening of the film of the first one where I killed the miners, guys out there and I hit them in the act with the axe in the back and I pick them up and throw them around. Well, we had to get out to that seat, that that area to, to, see, to see that. And this is in Morocco, right? So they 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 scouted places like in New Mexico and everything like everything like that. But there's always planes flying over, so they couldn't find nothing desolate enough. And so with Alex being in from France, and Morocco at one time, you know, uh, was you know ruled by the, the French. Um, they speak French and they speak uh, Arabic there. Um, he knew that place pretty well. And there's this place called Warzazat, which is like right on the edge of the Sahara Desert. It's the furthest part south in Morocco. And then they filmed like uh, Gladiator and a bunch of other films and bits and pieces there uh, of, of, in that area. 
So it's a big film town. And uh, I had to go from one area to the, to this other place to that, that remote location thing. And so I just threw me in a car and I'm driving down this, this um, rock and road. And we come upon this small town where this big old sheep herd comes across the town. And the sheep herder guy turns, sees me in the front seat, dressed as Pluto with the mat and screams in Arabic and runs off into the hills and throws his staff. And it's like, ah, whatever, you know, whatever screaming it was pretty funny. So yeah, they, he got pretty freaked out. So it was pretty cool. <laughs> I could imagine the horror, just like not knowing what's going on and just seeing oh, that yeah. person, like oh, just yeah. imagine the horror. It's funny. I know that. <laughs> I get- that's pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was, that was great. Um, I loved, I loved all of it. I, I remember the first, first day on set, uh, Alex didn't want to see me. He wanted to see me on the set, you know, doing the scene and he was pretty happy. If you go to YouTube, you see a lot of like a lot of behind the scenes videos and things like that. So it was good stuff. It, again, it was an honor. I remember when I got the role, Alex, you know, calls me and says, do not watch any, do, do not watch the first one. Don't let that, uh, I don't want that to, basically influence your performance. This yeah. is a new different type of movie. Um, and so I didn't. And then I did an autograph signing in Amsterdam like years ago. And I was with Michael Berryman, who's played Pluto Berryman in the first Pluto. one. Yeah. yeah. And so he and I hung out like for a week. He's just the coolest dude. Such a nice guy. So it was very good. It's funny reading uh, some of the, the comments like back in the day, Michael will never be Michael Berryman. He'll never be the original Paluto. You know, he can't be, you know, whatever. I'm like, relax, dude. <laughs> yeah. Pretty crazy. But you get those fans, they and I'm kind of guilty of it with Halloween. I left yeah. out from the originals. Yeah. But I won't deny that Tyler Maine, the guy that played Michael in the remake, the Rob Zombie, he was good. Yeah, I, I know him. He's a nice have, guy. Most of the issues yeah. I have didn't stem from his performance. Yeah. And the yeah. same thing with Jackie Earl Haley as Freddy. Um, my issues with the remake of Nightmare on Elm Street has nothing to do with him. Yeah, I, I personally thought he was fine in that. I mean, I, I, it was fine. I, I see all these reviews, people commenting on that one sucks and this and that. I'm like, dude, you know, actors get hired to do a role. I mean, they're going to turn it down. Why? I mean, come on, you're here. To, I'm here as an actor. I'm supposed to act. So, I mean, that's what you do. So, and plus those, those roles don't like just roll in off of like, oh yeah, you know, you're not, I'm not Tom Cruise where I just pick and choose what I want. You know, I can only get the roles I audition for. Right. So, mm-hmm. and someone, someone come up to me once and goes, why, you know, I don't understand why you're always doing like these small roles. I go, hmm. Okay. First of all, I only can, I can only get what I read for. Right. And so that's, that's in what's available. There's not, I'm not going to be playing at six foot four, 270 pounds. I'm not going to be playing a love interest, you know, or I'm just not going to happen. Okay. So, um, I, I, and, uh, yeah. So that part drives me crazy sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Some people just, they don't think about stuff. Like that. Yeah. But I mean, your- looking at your IMDB, you, like I say, you, done a lot of stuff that i've watched over years and you're like it's not just horror like you were in an episode of my name is earl uh, i did four episodes okay yeah yeah, yeah. I to, um i how i did that started i did um i got to sing uh beauty a beauty school dropout on the first episode they liked, liked it and said hey we want you back to work. so it's my first singing gig so i'm just kidding <laughs> my, my is actually going through my name is earl right now on TV. 
finally yeah. after years of telling him to watch it. Yeah. I actually, I was in Hawaii with my, we, we hardly ever take vacations. So I took one vacation with my wife and my two kids and we had to cut it short because they wanted me back for an episode. So, but it was a good reason to cut it short. So. Yeah. Uh, any funny stories from my name is Earl or anything like that? Um, uh, you know, great, great cast. Uh, everybody was super, super nice. Uh, yeah, I, one of my favorite parts of that was there was like in this second or third episode that I did, there was um, a scene where they had a, a they had a prison prison prom. So they had the mm. had a prom at the prison, and then the, the female prison prisoners came, and I'm playing this you know skinhead dude, and I'm racist of course, and uh, and <laughs> I remember walking up with this uh, you know little cup to get whatever and i see like this chocolate fountain i go hey i see a i see a chocolate fountain where's the white chocolate fountain and then uh, uh, earl goes oh over here i go oh okay <laughs> so, so anyway yeah that was pretty fun so good stuff and two and a half men yeah yeah that was fun yeah i remember the uh my name was which one I remember the My Name is Earl character. I don't, what'd you do on Two and a Half Men? So there was a part where uh, the, the new guy, you know, when Charlie Sheen got uh, fired and then uh, I forgot, Aston Kutcher came in and, and yeah. did that, that the next set of uh, seasons. And uh, so it was part where he was kind of flipping out a little bit and he went into a, a, a insane asylum, whatever, like a psychiatric place. And so I was the, the, uh, the, the warden there, whatever you want to call it, the, Okay. Guy in the white suit. Yeah. The white outfit. I've seen the Charlie episodes a lot more than I've seen the, the yeah. episodes. Yeah. Because uh, after that season, I think it was season nine, I didn't watch it as much. And then like a year ago, I bought like the whole show on uh, yeah. streaming. Yeah. And I've been watching it. So I've seen more of the Charlie episodes. But yeah, I, I remember that episode now. Oh, thank you for the intercourse. <laughs> I remember you <laughs> actually saying that line. Yeah, it's it's pretty. It's sometimes you know uh, with sitcoms, you go to a thing called table reads, right? So on Monday you get hired. Uh, normally, how it works is that during the previous week before you start the show, you call them for the audition. Normally on a Monday or Tuesday, and then they'll have callbacks on Wednesday, and then you'll find out later, maybe Thursday or Wednesday or Thursday that you got the gig and you have to show up on Monday, the next Monday. So Monday shows up, they'll send you the script and all stuff like that and the directions you show up for table read. And when you're there on Mondays, do the table read and then they'll start shooting later on, but it's normally in the mornings. And so, you know, that, you know, memory is like a muscle, right? So if you, if you practice a lot, you become stronger at it. Right. So guys like me who come in for, you know, our guest stars or co-stars for a show, you know, we're not doing this week after week. Right. And so our, our muscle memory is not as good, right. Compared to uh, uh, others who do it all the time. And uh, so, but it's always a little bit of pressure. It's always a little pressure coming in when you got these series regulars and uh, you know, their season, you know, these guys are making, you know, half a million or a million dollars an episode. You're coming in making, you know, a few thousand a week or whatever it is, a little more than that maybe, but uh yeah, and so uh, a little bit of pressure there. Um, 
so that's you know that, that but that that and that show they made you feel really comfortable and there are shows that i've done where the cast has been especially like the lead person has not been very nice been very lots of ego um arrogant condescending just makes you feel really uncomfortable well, other shows i've worked on and they were just people just wonderful you know um i remember on that show uh two and a half men uh, I'm, you know, I have the, I can lower my voice and do like a movie, movie voice, like in a world, you know, all that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. And, uh, so one of the, uh, I forgot who it was. Someone on the cast asked me to do their, uh, voicemail. Hi, you know, I'm not here right now and you better be glad, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that kind of situation. So yeah, good stuff. All right. Well, Michael, is there anything you want to add? All right. Yeah. Um, actually, no, um, actually, yeah. Um, before we wind up wrapping things up, um, you know, you got to be some major roles, you know, throughout your career. Um, if you could pick any, you know, Titan slasher, who would you want to play? Hmm. I don't know. I haven't, I haven't been asked that question. So, uh, you know, uh, I all, I came, there's, so Chainsaw Massacre, I came really close to, to doing that. I actually got called by the producers to come in and, and rescue the show. Uh, but then the last minute something happened and I, you know, they, they, they squared it away. So I almost played that. And then there was always a rumor that I was going to play, uh, uh what's the other another another character a guy iconic one i forgot the name of it but it didn't it was just a rumor it never happened and then it doesn't even come close um i don't know i i like i've always liked michael myers i think someone like him i he's he's a stoic <laughs> you know to, to a certain extent when i used to after football i competed in bodybuilding for a while so the so the uh What's the name of the, what's the movie again? Michael Myers, uh, Halloween. So the Halloween, the theme song for, you know, the theme song for Halloween, I post to it. And my bodybuilding posing routine had Michael Myers, uh, the theme of Halloween. So uh, I've been kind of partial to that. I think I would love to be able to play Michael Myers. It'd be kind of cool. That'd be good. And we would need that again. Another big, huge Michael. That would be awesome. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I know Taylor. He, he's a great guy. Uh, so he did a great job on that. So, you know, I think about that too, all these, you know, no matter what role you get, I'm happy for everyone, you know, because it's so hard to get a gig in the first place. It really is. There's so much competition. Um, and just, it's always, it's always, uh, you always hate it when you lose, but it's, uh, but sometimes it's for the right reasons, you know, just weren't right forward or maybe something else will pop up, you know, kind of happens in life in general, I think. Yeah. So. Like if you said, if, um, if you hadn't hurt your knee and followed that girl out to California, you wouldn't have ended up being super pretty. Yeah. And I wouldn't have gotten married to the girl I got, I have now. I wouldn't have these two great kids and, you know, um, yeah, it's, it's been a, it's been a blessing. So I, I don't know if there's a, a fate thing, but I, I know that when things happen in your life, they steer you in certain directions. Right. And so instead of, you know, crying over, you know, being pissed about it, you know, once, you know, I know it's a so cliche, but, when one door closes, another one opens up. And it's true. If you really think about it, you know, I, I travel 
what I do now is that, uh, you know, I travel quite a bit. I did before the pandemic, I would travel about 200,000 miles a year. And I've always take Ubers or taxis. And I've been around the world from India to China to, you know, South America to all over, all through Europe and everything and Africa. And, uh, you know, it's funny, Uber works in most of these places. <laughs> so in China, they call it Didi. They don't call it Uber. Um, but uh, everybody just basically wants to, to, to live, raise a family, you know, if they, if they can, you know, have some great kids, you know, have a decent job, take a vacation, make a little money. That's about it. I mean, uh, and I, there's a lot of people that are, you know, that I talk to that are afraid to take the next step to go, whatever, you know, do whatever they do, you know, whatever, whatever they want to do. They're afraid. You know, if, if I was afraid, I would never have been an actor. Right. So when I went on that audition with Steve Henneberry, they asked me, Hey, do you want to come in and read? And I said, I should have said, I could have said no. But I said, screw it. I'm going to go do it. And that's how it is. My older son, uh, who's now a quarterback at Central Michigan, uh, before that, he was an Army Ranger. So he was in the 75th Ranger Regiment. Really uh, so difficult to do, to be in. 30% of the people that try out to be to be in the 75th don't make it. Only make it. 70% don't make it. And so he, he, he made it through, he went through an advanced course and the whole situation. And now he's a quarterback at central Michigan. Is he starting, not starting now, but he's uh, he will, I mean, he's going to work his butt off. My thing is though, when he went into the military, he didn't have any Ranger contract and like he, he found the Ranger recruiter and, and, and got, and got that opportunity. And so he put himself out there and that's what I tell everybody. You got to put yourself out there, man. You just do. And if you fall down and you fall on your face, get up. And try it again. Just keep doing it. I always said when I was an actor, dude, someone, someone's got to make it, right? Someone's got to make it. And so why not me? Why not me? The same thing I'm, I'm, I write now, right? And I just got a screenplay option. So blessed that it happened. But I'm the same thing. I mean, I, you know, there's got to be movies made. So why not me? I'm going to write, I'm going to write a great movie. And I've written 10 of them. So I'm continuing to do that. And that's kind of how I've been living my life. And so I think everybody should, you guys, same thing, dude. Got his podcast going. This is freaking awesome. Good stuff. I mean, at, at, when you probably first started, like, well, I don't know if I want to do this. It's kind of stupid. I'm going to, I'm going to be like on, you know, on TV and, you know, whatever, you know, all that stuff. No, you just went for it. That's great. And that's how everybody should be. So yeah, I think this is my third one. And so far, it's a lot better than the other two. Yeah, that's good oh, stuff. Uh, um, so um, before we wrap it up, um, what you can discuss, I know some things, you know, you're probably not able to and some things are TBA, um, but do you have any upcoming projects that you like to tell our viewers uh, to look out for? Yeah, so uh, in, uh, next year I'm going into production of a movie that I wrote. Um, and so it's really cool It'd be based in Detroit. Um, it's about my time after uh, playing for the Dallas Cowboys. And, you know, you always see these movies about super, you know, these super feats by, you know, someone who beats all the odds to become this great athletic hero. Right. Yeah. You never hear about the story about the guy who blows his knee out and is left with nothing. What happens to that guy? So I basically tell that story. Huh? I don't think I've ever seen a movie like that. You haven't. And so you're going to see like the one like that. So that's going to happen. So. It's uh, it's not an easy, it's not an easy road. This my my hero goes through, 
but here's a good ending at the end. So, um, I mean, it's a good, good feel. I mean, to a certain extent, you know, and, uh, yeah, so that, that's, that's the big thing right now is that other than that, you know, um, I, yeah, that's, that's the biggest thing right there. I've been really excited. They want me to be producer on as well. So I've been focusing on that. So it's good. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Do you do conventions? I mean, I don't, I know. Yes. Um, next weekend I will be at days of the dead, uh, in Chicago. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday, so I will be there. Georgia. I'm closer to Georgia. Yeah. So we got to convince you to come to spooky empire at, in Orlando, Florida. I've been to spooky. Uh, yeah, I, I've been to spooky once. So, um, yeah, I remember that. I've been to once a long time ago. It was back in the two thousands. I remember then I quit doing them after I did. I quit doing them for about 10 years. I did for actually longer than that. So I just quit. I, my last one I did was probably 2008. So it's been longer wow. than that, so, or so. I get kind of tired of it. And uh, um, yeah, so all good stuff. Good. You should try to come closer to Georgia. So just saying, whenever you <laughs> where, feel like it. <laughs> when, when you guys, where are you guys based? Uh, we're in Valdosta, Georgia right now. Oh, Valdosta? Mm-hmm. That was a good university there, isn't there? Plays football. Yeah. 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 That's cool. Is that, where's is that, where's that, where's that in relation to Atlanta? Uh, it's about three or four hours depending on, on traffic. Where? Which north, south, east, west? It's uh, south of that. South. Okay. Yeah. So my, my son went to Fort Benning uh, there. He, he went to all the ranger school stuff. Then he was stationed at, in Savannah, Georgia. And first battalion, 75th Ranger Regiment. So, yeah, that was pretty. We visited him a few times there. It's a pretty, pretty cool place. So, beautiful country. That's where they filmed some of the stuff from uh, Forrest Gump. Mm-hmm. Uh, they actually, um, have you ever seen the movie uh, Zombieland? I have, yes. On um, that Pacific Playland, the, the theme park there is actually filmed here in Valdosta, Georgia at the uh, uh, the theme park is called Wild Adventures. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So cool. if you're ever in town, we'll gladly take you there, and we'll take you all to the ride on the spots of the rides. No yeah, problem at all. To, have you been to the uh, uh, the Walking Dead set outside of Georgia, outside of Atlanta, in Peachtree? No. Mm-mm. Yeah. So 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 Greg Nic- Nicotero is the producer <laughs> on that show, um, and he's going to be at Days of the Dead too. So he's also yeah, it's funny. Uh, Greg Nicotero, you know, really well-known, famous makeup effects guy from KNB. He's the he's the N in KNB, um, and uh, he'll be at the show. But he he always manages a way to find him to get himself in the movie. So <laughs> that's pretty funny. Yeah, he was in uh, Day of the Dead. I know. Yeah, he was in the Hills of Eyes as too. You remember the Hills of Eyes? The guy with the uh, he came, yeah. uh, with yeah. the stuff all over. Yeah, the yeah. the stuff in his head keeping his head upright right. uh, uh robert Fritzman was actually at spooky empire a few weeks ago but okay. it was so hectic there with robert england and uh, oh i bet well really robert england but then kathy Jimmy showed up and then mm. that whole section like it was you couldn't see anybody <laughs> everybody was there for robert england and then when she showed up on sunday because i'm she was supposedly she was working on a movie and we, you could pretty much just say it was hocus pocus too, so she had to cancel mm. Thursday or Friday and Saturday, and she showed up Sunday. So 
everybody was going crazy. Yeah. I, I know he was there, but I didn't see him. Well, in Days of the Dead, I'm they had they were I was supposed to wear um um I was gonna supposed to dress with prosthetics like uh Super Freddy, but that part got canceled. It wasn't ready yet. So we'll we'll hold that off till 2022. Oh, and also one of my friends there cosplayed as Super Freddy and uh oh. drill sergeant Freddy. That was his own thing. Wow, that's kind of cool. <laughs> it was I, the like only, I saw a few super Freddy's and his was probably the best one. But there was no other drill sergeant Freddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty funny. Cool, man. Good. Well, Any I, more questions for me? We're good or what? I think we're good. Mm. We need to. Uh, I think we're good because I got to get my kids to bed. I like it. <laughs> All right. Well, again, um, it's been an honor talking with you again. Uh, Thank you, Michael. Thank you, Eric. No problem. no problem, Michael. Um, yeah, everyone, check out Michael Bailey Smith's um, you know, IMDb. Check out all of his social medias, all his upcoming uh projects that he has going on. Like he said, he has that one coming up sometime next year. Be on the lookout for that. Uh, go called, ahead and read. It's called My Good Boy. My Good Boy, definitely. My Good Boy, yeah, that's good. <laughs> You'll like it. Well, we look forward to watching it. It's been a pleasure, Mike, and you have a great rest of your night. And thank, thank you, you, everyone, for listening and watching. Yeah, thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks. All right. You have a good night. Sir. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye.